2: Welcome into to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds every single day. Whole gang is here. News of the day on the Av side. Number one, JT Comfort back in a normal jersey, so it looks totally fine on that front. Darren Helm still in uh, pumpkin, so... It's red. Jesse, it's red. Jesse, look, I'm calling it a pumpkin, <laughs> but I agree. It is a red jersey. It's not
0: orange. All right. As long as we're clear. Uh, yeah, no, Jared Bednar did say last night uh, that uh, JT Confort had gone and gotten some evaluations, second opinions. They are fully expecting him to be good to go uh, by opening night, and he said they are expecting him to be a full participant uh, in practice on Saturday. Today's an official day off uh, for the ABS, but Bednar did tell us last night. Uh, He was expecting Conford to get on the ice one of these couple days. Uh, Darren Helm has been with the group, but they are standing pretty firm on. uh, He will not be ready by opening night. But, uh, yeah, so either way, to your point, Rideau, good to see uh, JT back out there. Seemingly looks like he's ready to go.
2: Yep, clearly nothing serious. So there will be at least one change in the Avs opening night lineup once we get there. Uh, the other news, the Avs and Altitude really uh, announced a partnership with Fubo TV to bring their television services to the entire Rocky Mountain region, I suppose. Uh, $70 a month Base for plan. Altitude and the rest of, of everything Fubo going on. I I don't have a ton of thoughts on it, to be honest.
0: Um, I'll share some thoughts. <laughs> Uh, look, I mean, like we were just talking about this a little bit before we don't have to get fully into it. Uh, look, we, we have no problem watching the games. I'm, we're very fortunate. We get to be in the building for a lot of them. Um, so I, I understand that maybe a lot of people don't fully care our opinion on this because we're in a bit of a unique situation, but look, like from my standpoint, the, the biggest complaint that I've seen from abs fans, nuggets fans over the last few years, It's been, I want to go home, turn on my TV, watch the game. Um, It's pretty well documented now. You can stream it. Um, People know how to find it, all that good stuff. And and to me, I think that's got to be at least a little bit of a disappointing part of this announcement today. We started seeing some of this buzz last night. Um, Look, this is still kind of a bit of a roundabout solution. Yes, is this technically another option that's available on? Sure. Uh, But this is a pretty niche app uh, streaming app. Not a lot of people use it. It's a little pricey. Um, it just, to me, this doesn't solve the root problem that a lot of people have with it. Um, and again, like you, it's, it's good that they're fine. They're trying to find other solutions, I suppose. But at the end of the day, they know what solution it is that everyone wants and continuing to kind of tap dance around all of this. Um, Again, I just don't really think you're solving the solution. And even after today's big announcement, Ivaca remains the best place to get altitude because it's what a third the cost of what Fubo is.
2: Even after the first three months, where it's fifteen bucks right, right. a month, it's only twenty five after that, compared to yeah. Fubo's seventy. So
0: right, and and um, so I mean, again, good, good for altitude, I guess they got it somewhere else. But uh, to me, this still doesn't really solve the root the root problem, and that's the disappointing okay. part.
3: Is
2: it good that they're trying? Absolutely. Right. But I the people that aren't watching the AVs are like my parents, where if they can't turn on the TV and find the channel the game is on, they're just not gonna put it on. Yep.
0: yep.
2: And this this is a little closer, I guess, if you have a smart TV and you know how to download the app. It's a little bit easier, maybe, but it's still not the equivalent to cable where you're gonna get the casual fans tuning in with this.
0: Yep. Yep. I mean look this
3: all I care about is the fact that we were told like four years ago that the deal this was that, not
2: viable. Yeah.
3: Yeah that, that the deal that was sitting on the table from Comcast would bankrupt Altitude. <laughs> and so Altitude has just gone without for four years. Right. And somehow isn't bankrupt and we just keep having to deal with all this and it's just like i don't care you both suck yeah th- honestly th- trying to pick a side here i don't know why we feel the need to pick a side both of both of these sides are are led by yeah, billion dollar companies people who have plenty of money to 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 spend uh, and they're fighting over whatever they're fighting over whatever the margin is and everybody the, the people that are losing out is us Uh, And that's how it's always been. There's no bad guy in this. uh, Like, there's no single bad guy. They're both garbage. They're both lying to you. They're both garbage. And we're getting screwed.
1: It's tough to see them unveil Hockey Capital of USA today. And a lot of people are pointing out that it's been difficult to be named Hockey Capital and not be able to follow along this team as closely as it deserved.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. Like, like I said, that's, that's just the disappointing part is it's, it's still really hard to find it. It's it, if you're doing it through the means that, you know, they suggest it can be expensive. And again, the part that Comcast is part of the reason why that, you know, gigantic company is fine. Just waiting this out. One, Denver is by far not their biggest market. And two, they know that for you to get Fubo, you need one of the two internet providers that are available in Denver. And the vast majority of people have Comcast or Xfinity and not CenturyLink. So they're like, well, you need our service anyways. To stream <laughs> Fubo, you need our service. And again, that's well, another frustration that you've heard from people. I have my internet bundled in with them. I don't want to switch. I, well, you know, and here's I,
2: another problem here. And this is... Moving away from specifically Altitude and and Comcast, the NHL and honestly all major sports are moving into this extremely expensive era where streaming is starting to take over, but it's not there yet. So right now, if you want to watch all of these sports, you need access to TV, you need access to multiple streaming services, and you need access to things like internet otherwise. So you're stuck in the middle right now where it's on TV sometimes, it's on streaming sometimes, and if you don't have both, you miss a significant portion of what you want to watch. It it, just sucks how much the fans are losing right
0: now. So to that exact point, I'm not ultra familiar with Fubo, but I saw someone pointed out on Twitter, (laughs) we are getting to the point where all of this stuff is getting so divided out across different streaming platforms that to just have kind of like a basic catalog of the stuff that you like to watch, you need two or three different streaming services. And then the complaint is, Oh, well I have all this other stuff that I don't watch and I just want to be able to watch, you know, whatever Yellowstone. So I have to have this whole, you know, I have to have Paramount plus, but I also watch this and it's like, wow, this sounds an awful lot like cable. (laughs) Like yep. it's just it's crazy that we've moved away from cable and now people are just reinventing cable with nine different streaming services. And this is another example because someone pointed out FUBO does not currently offer TNT, which for those of you that remember, once the got out of the first round, I think they had one ESPN game and all of the rest were TNT.
3: Last night's game was TNT. Last night's game was TNT. Opening night.
0: Opening night. And so it's just, it's it's just it's just so hard. And to AJ's point earlier, it's disappointing because the only people that truly lose out, and this is the mantra for several years, but it's the fans. The fans are the only ones that are truly getting screwed, truly missing out, and are are the only ones that, if you are trying to go in some of these roundabout ways, they're the only ones that are feeling it in their pocketbook.
2: Megan, you're gonna oh. say something there.
1: Yeah, I discovered Fubo because I did a free trial to watch World Juniors, which just is a testament to how niche it is that it is a little inaccessible to more casual fans. You know, like I'm someone who wants to watch World Juniors in the middle of Mm -hmm. August. So I find Fubo. But we're talking about parents wanting to just be able to turn on a TV channel and watch hockey. It it makes it a little less accessible, which is tough just for the growth of the game. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I think. I think that's kind of it. I think good, that's that's good what there good is. For to them. Say. This is yeah.
3: this was compared to the way that they had hyped it up last night, um, uh, we we thought that they was gonna be their own streaming service.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And we were very curious. I was super curious what that rollout was gonna look like because they do have some things that I would like to watch on Altitude. Yep. Um that I would be happy to pay for uh locally. Like I would be happy to pay for altitude to watch Nuggets games reliably. If the price is like it, would be, it absorbed would be great.
2: Then I would absolutely want to support Altitude. Yeah, like, but again, that's that's I, I want to support like, them, not the 50 other channels that Fubo has that I don't care about.
3: Yeah, there's a zero percent chance I'm getting Fubo TV, dude. It's just not going to happen. Uh, but I, I like cool for them. Uh, but I, this, this is still. This is, this is just, a, it feels, for me anyway, it's a, just a different half measure that doesn't really address the real problem here, but they're in a tough spot, and what sucks is, like, like the Kyle Keeps and Vic Lombardi's and Mark Mosers of the world, like, it's not them. Yeah. They... You know, like, they're not the ones making the decisions, now they're the ones fighting with people on Twitter they... about it, but... I... I
2: mean that's that job sucks. You're the front facing representative Exactly. There. Like I well, it's, like,
3: it's like it's like there are things sometimes there are gonna be things that happen at DNVR where we're like, oh that maybe isn't gonna be great. It's not gonna be us, you know, per per se, that's gonna be that's gonna be but we're gonna be standing there in front. Yep. Um taking some of that heat. So it's it's a tough spot for everybody to be in and it really just sucks because, again, the the people who really lose out are everybody except the really rich guys in the room. Yep. <laughs> because people, people are being denied access to something that they absolutely, very obviously, and very clearly want access to.
0: Yeah.
1: Before yeah, we I move can...
0: on. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead.
1: I was just going to add another piece of Avalanche news I tweeted earlier about Jason
3: Medna. Yep. Being put on waivers.
2: Yep. No big surprise on that one. Yeah. It seems,
3: seems kind of weird. Like they've got two off days.
2: Well, and Bednar actively saying, like, ah, oh, you don't see anything happen till Sunday. Yeah. <laughs>
3: and and then like Jason making us alone on waivers today.
1: And it wasn't announced through SPR. Like I saw in a separate reporter's tweet about all the NHL players that had hit the wire today. And I tweeted out and then everyone else tweeted it out. Like no one was really informed that this happened. Just yeah. quietly put. Magna
0: non waivers. well and then to, yeah to the point that whoever was just made that he said last night like megan it was your question i think where he said yeah don't expect anything till sunday and he he kind of alluded like every it seems like every day we get a different look at these guys and it kind of changes our opinion and whatever whatever um and he's like yeah we, we just need more looks well except jason magna he can go like we know what he is Ooh. I feel yes. like
2: that's a Megna was like I'm tired of living in this hotel in Denver I'm going back to my house
0: <laughs> like, to see my yeah. yeah go back to my condo <laughs> Get
2: me out of here uh, yeah maybe that's what it was who knows it definitely a little a little weird that the way it came out because usually the ads are, are pretty good about sending out the the list of guys where it's like all right, they we cut these dudes. But Magna slipping through the cracks. (laughs) Anyway, maybe we should stop talking about TV and you should get outside and go enjoy some golf while the weather is still good enough. Pins and Aces, our official golf apparel merchandiser. You can go over to them and get everything you need for the golf course, whether it be hats, clothes, spikes, you name it. They got you covered, including specifically... They're, they're beer koozies for your bag. I guess it's beer sleeves. It's not beer koozies. Koozies like the single one, right? That just holds your one beer. This is a sleeve that holds seven beers in your golf bag. So you can carry them in with you on the golf course and be good to go. So lot a uh, very effective at, at bringing some alcohol onto the course. Uh, you can check them out at pinsandaces.com and use code DNBR to get 15% off your first order. Plus free shipping. Again, pinsandaces.com get all of your golf merch also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook the number one rated sportsbook app out there you can bet on golf if you want I don't know how to bet on golf though it's so hard to bet on that sport like I even think betting on hockey is easier than betting on golf but go over there put your money down when you sign up for a new account with code at DNVR you bet five dollars on any NFL team to win their next game when they do you get two hundred dollars in free bets but you then can turn around and bet on the Avs or the Nuggets or specific players if you're feeling hot about somebody, not Jason Meghna. Well, no, you can bet on the AHL to a certain extent. I don't think you can bet on individual players, but you can bet on the AHL. So that's an option too. Uh, go over there, get the DraftKings app today. It must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash boysbook for details course if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's get into the actual topic of today and that starts with Jason Robertson signing.
0: Can we we real fast just because I I just want this is just more kind of news. Do you guys have any thoughts on now looking at the list of all the sponsors that have pulled out from Hockey Canada for this year and long term? Do we have any Good. Thoughts or feels yep. there? or I hope
2: cool? everyone pulls out and they burn that organization to the ground. Yeah.
3: Uh, Honestly, those people have been so fucking delusional and disingenuous at every single turn that they should not continue to get to run Hockey Canada. And if Hockey Canada as an organization survives, it needs completely 100% new blood in there.
0: So you're not far off so far from your wish uh, Rudo, as of right now, it's the Keg, uh, Swiss sh- Shallot, Chile, uh, Chile. Scotia Bank, Canadian Tire, uh, Bauer, uh, oh, Esso, no. Telus, and Tim Hortons. So no big
3: companies in that at all. Just <laughs> a bunch of small-time Canadian companies. Oh. Oh. No big money there.
0: I- I'm assuming you're being sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but- when you he lose Tim Hortons, you lost like...
3: Canada. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, Scotia Bank, Canadian Tire—you could stop right there, and it's a huge deal. Then you add in Bauer, Tellus, well, Tim Hortons—it's—it's
2: it's even bigger than that, right? Hockey Quebec said we're yep. not paying you guys fees anymore. So yep. good.
0: Um, I, I just—I just think I, I thought that was really interesting how it. Um, this all has kind of come about here in the last 48 hours with Tim Hortons being the first. And like, this is, uh, (laughs) I remember when people were talking last year about how the, or two years ago, whatever it was, the MLB pulled out the all-star game from Atlanta. And I had a couple people that were like, Oh, well, can you believe they're just doing that for the money? And it's like, yeah, when you have major sponsorship dollars behind you pulling out like that, yes, I can 100% believe that. Like if, (laughs) Brandon came to us all tomorrow. I was like, Hey, I don't like the way you guys are doing this. I'm going to stop paying you. We wouldn't just be like, well, we'll keep doing it anyways. We'd be like, yo, well, I guess we can't keep doing it like that. We have to, you know, <laughs> we have to yep. change whatever he wants us to change. Otherwise we're not going to keep getting funding. Um, and like, this is one of those instances where you see companies doing the right thing and holding a, a larger corporation accountable. And I just thought it was great. Cause I felt like we had the hockey Canada pod a few weeks ago and honestly, I feel like that was the most I had heard about it in a couple months. And I was hoping that this wouldn't just get, you know, swept under the rug and people kind of forget about it. And just seeing this news here in the last couple of days, uh, I, I think it's good. I think it's, I think it's a great, I think it's a great step so far. I mean,
2: it's been months now and you were hoping for at least the like bare minimum response from hockey Canada of right, like right. condemning this. And you yeah. couldn't even get that. It's it's ridiculous.
0: Uh, oh, I'm I mean, so sorry. And- Here's another one that was just added. Uh, Sportcheck also is ending their affiliation with Hockey Canada, not just temporarily uh, suspending it. So another huge name. Sorry, AJ. Go ahead. Oh, good. We're good. Um...
3: Yeah. Burn it down.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh IBDO. I don't know what that is, but they're another one too. <laughs> uh and wow, and according to this thread, uh EA Sports is considering it. Which would be huge. Yeah, yeah I mean this is a big deal. And and you hope that this is <laughs> There's got to be someone somewhere along the way within Hockey Canada that's got some money at stake here, um, that is looking at this saying, "Okay, we tried to brush this under, but we got to do something here." Because I'm with you, AJ. If if the brand Hockey Canada survives, it's got to look top to bottom different on the inside. I, I honestly,
3: like- if you were if you were going to work for a re, like a reworked version of Hockey Canada, I would want it to be something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're, we're always going to remember Hockey Canada as the organization that did this, was involved in this, was at the head of this. Was, I mean, all the stuff that's come out over the last few months. You saying you haven't heard much about it, but it's like it's it's only gotten worse. Every time that something else comes out, you're just like, dude, this hole gets deeper.
0: Well, and I guess that's what I meant. Like I, I've <laughs> I've only heard it getting worse. Like it, it felt like we like the positive discourse around it where people were really pushing for the change and all that stuff. Like they went out and handed out the medals at the, the women's world championships. And like that to me, like it almost kind of felt like they were like, yep, see, we're not doing anything about it. And then we stopped hearing anything about trying to make this improve. There being major changes or whatever. Um, So that's like, it's, it's good to see this, you know, really coming to a head today that, Hey, there, there's big money sponsors that are saying we're not gonna let you guys do this. And um, in a situation like this, I am not a cancel everybody kind of person, but in a situation like this, it's absolutely this is what needs to happen. Uh, and it's and it's good to see their biggest sponsors uh, and biggest you know donators holding them accountable and saying you guys need to fix this.
2: Megan, you let her other show on this thoughts.
1: You know, it's overdue because people advocated for change in executive membership and board members from the beginning. And not only did they say that they wouldn't be doing that, they were going to resolve this from within, but in the hearings that have happened recently, the commentary from Hockey Canada has said things that have been harmful to the system that they're trying to improve, you know, comments that have pulled the focus away and have said that we live in a society, you know, this is a greater societal problem. We can't just focus on hockey. And it's such a disservice to the conversation that needs to be happening. I think sponsors are reacting to some of those comments that have come out from Skinner recently in hearings. And it's just a bit overdue. You know, had they tried to handle this more tactfully from within, I think I'd have a slightly different response, but I just see no other choice but to dismantle it and rebuild anew. I think there's going to be some pain and a sting to youth hockey at first, especially for Hockey Canada specifically, but it won't completely die out. It'll just be reborn and look different, and it needs to.
2: The last straw always seems to be, yeah, we did an internal investigation on ourselves and found
3: nothing wrong. (laughs) You know what? We handled everything great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trust. <laughs> not Ugh. not good.
0: Yep. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I just I was scrolling through and I saw that list of sponsors that have been officially uh, hard ended their relationship <laughs> or if it suspended it, and I just thought that that was something that was worth. Uh, oh yeah. Worth mentioning. Definitely was.
2: Actual NHL news. Jason Robertson did sign yesterday. For seven point seven seven five, I think, million dollars uh, for four years with the Dallas Stars. First of all, before we get into how this affects the Avs or
3: anyone else, what did y'all think of that contract? I don't get it. I don't understand how Jason Robertson got taken to the cleaners that badly. I thought for sure he'd
2: get at least eight.
3: I, I mean, Tim Stutzla and Josh Norris, Nick Suzuki, these are all good hockey players. Jason Robertson has vastly outperformed all of them. And those are all deals. Those are all deals where the teams signed eight-year deals and said, these guys are not going to be worth $8 million in year one. Probably not in year one. But by the, by the time we get to years three, four, five, six, we are we are very comfortable with the players there that we expect them to be at that price point especially as the cap you know is it will go up and that landscape will change we're comfortable with those guys at that price point the stars on day one the second that deal was signed the stars are getting maybe up to two million dollars of a of a discount on Jason Robertson Given given his production, given his importance to that team, I mean that guy's a forty goal scorer. Yeah, one hundred
2: and twenty five like, points in one hundred and twenty eight games in his career. This was, point per game guy.
3: This is a guy. This is a guy that you're talking about. Like he's the engine of that whole team. That whole team's offense needs Jason Robertson to go. If you look at if you look at the impact that Jason Robertson has when he's on the ice. And how, how good the stars are when he's on the ice versus when he's off the ice. He's the only reason that this is this is a, a team that anybody is afraid of. It's not the only reason that they're a playoff contender or anything, but like the only reason offensively that this is a team that anybody has any kind of fear of. Like Jason, Jason Robertson makes it all work. Rupe hints is fine. Joe Pavelski's obviously a very good hockey player. But Jason Robertson ties it all together. He drives the shit out of that bus. Like, I, I'm... He got rocked in this. I don't understand how Jason Robertson's side thought that this was a good deal. Like, well, I, just, I, I just don't get where Robertson feels comfortable taking this kind of a contract. And for four years, had it been 7.75 for two years, I, yeah. you could be like, okay, I get it. Because he's going to go out, he's going to score, he's going to have another couple of 40 goal seasons. He's going to push 100 points again, you know? And in two years, when the cap starts to go up, he's going to get 12 million. I completely would have understood that. But four years, that's going to put him in that really awkward range where he is underpaid for the heart of his prime. And then he's going to get to age 27. He's still going to be an RFA which is shocking. He's still going to be an RFA at the end of this. What the hell was his side thinking?
0: Well, and and like, you know, we were talking about it last night, you know, in in the media room, because it, it happened right after the game. <clears throat> and like, on one hand, you sit there and you're like, okay, well, Dallas didn't really have any more money than that. So, okay, cool. Maybe if you can't get anything more on the A, one, he should have maxed that, like the fact that it didn't hit eight. And then, AJ, I'm fully with you. I I thought because of the kind of cap constraint they were in, we were looking at two years. Two years with whatever amount of money they had left. This is now a huge bet on himself. Because to your point, he's going to play through the heart of his prime on this deal. He's really still not going to have a ton of leverage when this deal comes to an end. And you just have to hope that his production that he continues to be this type of player to be able to cash in now in four years, like he seriously could have just left a lot of money on the table for his career earnings. Um, yeah, I I'm with you, AJ. There's even with the limited money availability, uh, there, I'm just surprised that his side went for this deal with the way that it ended up being constructed
3: it's it, it, it could be the difference like you could be talking and you're totally right in that the stars just didn't have the money to give him the 8 year deal right now. Right. Where he gets 10 million dollars, which is what he should be earning right now. But for him to accept 4 years. Yeah, I just for 4 years that's super weird. I saw the 7.75 and I was like that's a one or two year deal and then 4 years that shocked me. This is this is Day one highway robbery yeah. by the stars. This is exactly the kind of thing that they needed in order to balance out the value they lose on both Ben and Sagan.
0: Yep,
3: because that's that brings them back into a lot more of a that it helps. It helps uh, because Tyler. I I think Tyler Sagan's going to have a year, but Jamie Ben I think is. At this point, I mean, you know, he's a thirty or forty point guy, getting more than double what he should be at this point, and that might be generous. I, I'm just
0: so I'm blown away, man. The more I'm sitting here for talking about this, why would you sign a four year? Like, like what? What's the situation where his camp says? forty yes, we want we want four years. Like, I, I, I'm just I'm trying to think from their side. Like, this isn't
3: this what's, isn't like this is their only option.
0: And and what's even
3: for me, what's even worse is that because he's an RFA when he when this expires, his qualifying offer is the salary of him the last year. It's only nine point three. Yeah. 9 point3 if he continues to play the way that he has played and produce at that level 9
0: point3 will still be a steal mm-hmm. like honestly I I thought I thought this deal was gonna be closer to nine than <laughs> certainly than it is to seven um so to your point AJ like cool his qualifying offer in four years will be in the ballpark of what he probably would have been worth this year mm-hmm. had Dallas had a little bit more cap flexibility
2: well and maybe there's a world where dallas can afford that next deal on the next one but realistically you're going to go through something similar to what he did this year at the end of this contract you're going to have another tough negotiating period with who knows how the outcome ends there he will at least have arbitration rights that time but does he really want to take a one-year deal at that point in his career.
3: Yeah, I mean, it sets up for a really weird. Uh, I, I just think Jesse said it right. Uh, he, just, he just left millions of dollars on the table. Uh, I think that's where this comes down to. He just he just did. And it if, if it had been a two year deal at 7.75, you're saying maybe he left. Maybe like two or three million, maybe two and, to four and million. And then he on gets the to table. sign
2: a huge deal on an increased and, cap. It's fine, exactly. Yeah.
3: And you're like, oh, hey, he actually played, played this pretty well, and it ended up being okay. Like he got what he could in that in that one deal, and then moved on. But this is, I mean, this uh, the four year deal you're talking about. Him providing surplus value every day of that contract. He just, uh, I don't know. He did. He left a lot of money out there.
1: It feels like it works against him in every way. Not only is it under market value in AEV and falls under eight, but he the expiry status being RFA grants him little recourse at the end of it. And opting for four instead of something shorter term like two years locks him into this for quite a long time. That I can't imagine that it's anything but something team-friendly related some, or a handshake agreement kind of thing. He He had other options, I'm sure. In these discussions, especially with his agent, depending on how the negotiations played out to at the very least, ask for eight or for two years. Right.
3: Yeah, uh, right, it's the, the combination things. of them, because that's yeah, usually right. how this goes. You either get a shorter term to lower the AAV or you raise the AAV a little bit. You get, you know, you overpay for the first few years, you get a deal on the back end and you get a long term deal. It's how this stuff works. Like, there's trade-offs here. It's just how naturally the contracts work themselves out is that everybody gets a little bit of a trade-off. On both cases here, the Stars win. Yep. The Stars are like, great! We yep. love this! Yep. There's,
2: yep. There are no trade-offs, though, when it comes to taking care of your teeth. The trade-off is terrible awfulness. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> go to Green Mountain Dental Group. Make sure you're taking care of your teeth. Uh, you can get a free... Sonic Air Toothbrush when you get a cleaning x-ray and exam from them. So they can help you take care of your teeth at home and make it a win-win. You're also great at what they do. Just 15 minutes from downtown over in Lakewood, the best family dentist in the Denver metro area. So check out Green Mountain Dental. And then check out Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get it down at the bar right now. A bunch of different types of Breck Brew. They keep coming out with new ones. It's getting like impossible for me to keep track. There's so many. I guarantee you they have a flavor that you like. You can check them out at breckbrew.com to find them at a local liquor store near you. Third period, the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So as we drift this conversation into the abs, they have some similar RFA contracts to sign coming up at the end of the season. Now, let's, let's start with this. Do you think this Robertson deal will set the market, or do you think this is going to end up being an outlier?
3: Well, I think that every single agent of a young of a young player was 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 absolutely like loving, be
2: sad about this. <laughs> well, was
3: loving where things were going. Josh Norris and Tim Stu, like guys with like fifty, sixty point seasons, were getting eight million dollars on eight year deals, like. They were like, "Yeah, this is this is great. Like, we're gonna okay, great." And now this Robertson thing, I think, has screwed it up a little bit because agents can really dig in, uh, and and or teams can really dig in and just be like, "Look, Jason Robertson's better than all those guys, mm-hmm. like all those guys." So uh, I think ultimately it probably ends up as an outlier, but it's gonna be. Teams are absolutely going to hold this up as, like, a gold standard and be like, ha, 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 ha. Like, no, we're not going to give him that, uh, you know, because – and really, we're talking – we're going to – we're parlaying this into an Alex Newhook conversation. Alex Newhook's going to be the 2C this year. He's a blah, 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 right? And we're saying, hey, we would love a 60-point season out of him. If he gets a 60-point season – like, Jason Robertson, and and where we have talked in the past is Colorado's probably not going to be able to afford to give him that big deal. That eight-year deal, that seven-year deal, whatever. They're probably not going to be able to afford that kind of security with Alex Newhook. They're probably going to have to go the bridge, the bridge route, the two, three, four-year deal. And given the fact that Jason Robertson had the production that he had, if you're the Avs next year, the cap goes up one whole million dollars and you're in the situation that they're in uh you're looking at three a three-year deal a four now i'm looking at a four-year deal if i'm colorado and if he has a 60 point season you're probably saying you know five to six million his
0: agent pat brisson
3: and which, look, which which tells you Jason Robertson was comfortable with this. Like, Jason Robertson obviously wouldn't have signed without it, but there's no way Pat Brisson thought this was a good deal. I'd be willing to bet Jason Robertson was like, I just need, look, this is where we are. Let's just go. I just want to go play hockey. But, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's, it just doesn't make sense. The income, the in, uh, state income tax and all that stuff, to me, that just means he left that much more money on the table. Yep. So uh but anyway, moving so this, it back this... to our conversation with we'll Newhook. Like, this... Yeah, go ahead. Like, like this is this is where like they are not comparable players. Jason Robertson has proven he's a monster, but Alex Newhook was putting himself into the Nick Suzuki, Josh Norris, Tim Stutzla kind of range. If he has the kind of year that we think he can in that 50 to 60 point range, you know, obviously if he's closer to 60, you'd be happier with that. But this deal being that kind of bridge, being that kind of, uh, being that, that it's just so cheap. It's really just not, I think, I think it really just sets up for, Uh, it sets up for for the abs to be in a comfortable position to try and keep that number lower. A lot lower. Like, now, because now you're like, look, you're not going to, you don't want to pay Alex Newhook and Jason Robertson's range. They're not comparable players. So that that should keep Newhook's number lower, which is why I'm saying, going into this, going into, you know, two days ago, I would have said Newhook is probably, if you wanted a bridge deal, you were probably looking at six or seven million dollars. Jason Robertson signing at seven, seven, five for four years makes it feel like it really is in that five to six range now.
2: Impossible to they, give you hook seven after that. Yeah.
3: It does, it does feel like if you're giving him seven, he's got to be giving you a minimum of five years.
1: I think, too, as far as is this an outlier, I think it absolutely will prove to be an outlier contract for Robertson, at least just because of this unique position that Dallas is in uh, with the restraint against the flat cap this year and trying to remain compliant in the space that they had. I think the Avs have managed that a little bit differently, and it's also going to go up one whole million dollars. So I think it's going to be hard to recreate. You know, I think we're all realistically having a hard time recreating exactly the steal that Dallas did with Robertson's contract, but I think the point that they're very different players, too, is important to note. Newhook's 21, so the year that he has this year is going to shape a lot of this conversation beyond what we could comprehend right now.
2: Definitely still way up in the air. If Newhook has a 30-point season, struggles in the 2C role, he's going to get a bridge deal worth like $3 million. It it Uh, could,
0: Yeah. (laughs) This, so. this article uh from the athletic uh uh Saad Yusuf. Uh it's just kind of detailing it's an interview with Pat Brisson, Jim Nil. What I am taking from this is that Jason Robertson had no leverage. He made it clear early in the negotiations that he really, really wanted to get this done. He just wanted to be back skating. Um and and, and I think the stars just kind of were like cool, we know you want to be here. We know you have no other options. And they straight up, t- <laughs> it says in this article, they told him, we are not moving anybody to create more cap space for you. So the money we have is the money we have for this deal. I, I just can't get past the four-year part.
2: Yeah, their top, bona fide top six players do not sign four-year deals. You either sign five, six plus, or you sign one or two no one in the top six signs these weird four-year deals.
3: Yeah. That's a JT Comfort deal. Exactly. Like that's a middle six, you know, a middle six guy kind of contract. Uh, I I don't know. To me, this, it just blew me away, but I, I think it should in theory uh, help the abs just a little bit with, with new hook next, next season, which will be important. Um, Yeah. You know, it, it, but he, I mean, like, we're, we're talking about Alex Newhook signing a long-term deal and whatever money he's going to get. Like, Alex Newhook's got a lot of points to score to get there. Yeah. <laughs> There's still plenty of work to do on Newhook's side, no doubt about that. But
2: it, it isn't interesting... I'm curious,
3: do you guys have more confidence in Bowen Byram or Alex Newhook getting, say, a long-term deal next summer?
0: Um be more specific like like the abs actually giving them a long-term deal yeah uh I i'd say say byram
1: my concern is injury with byram like did, sure i but the the play i think has the upside that the abs would want to offer byram the long term like that's still my answer too
2: The thing with Byram is, like, it's super-duper easy to see, well, Taze only has two years left on his deal, and you just kind of slowly roll Byram into that spot, and then he's the guy for the next seven years or whatever it ends up being.
3: Is that the ultimate conspiracy theory, that the Avs... Put Byron in Taves' place to try and keep Taves' next contract number down. Yeah,
2: make Taves' play on the second line, get less take minutes. Take
3: him <laughs> second pairing, take him off the power play, get <laughs> yeah. the points down as much as you can, <laughs> try and try and get that contract in the $7 million range as much as possible.
2: The The problem there, which, you know, it's the same as Newhook, if Byron goes out and has like a 25-30 point season, He's not incentivized to sign a long-term deal, right? He could. there's an <clears throat> easy scenario where he signs a bridge, plays better, gets a significantly
3: bigger dollar amount. I mean, I feel like I, I feel like if they're serious about trying to keep Byram New Hook taves ranton in. they want all those guys for the foreseeable future uh, and into multiple multiple contracts here. Uh, it feels like Byram and New have to be bridge deals like they just can't afford to pay that extra couple of million for the long-term yeah, deal. Yeah, I just accepted that Taves is going already, but Yeah, I mean, and then and then you try and find the Gerard conversation where you're like, look, is Gerard is, is Gerard's 5 million like enough to keep mm-hmm. all those guys together with whatever return you're going to get from him? Is that you Paul Bissonette? Or <clears throat> yeah, he just listens to our pod, dude. <laughs> We've talked about this a bunch over the summer, but yep. I'm—I do wonder, like, I because I, I—I was doing, I actually sat down and like was trying to do the math here. Yeah, uh, and I just don't know that if you trade Gerard for nothing, I mean, like, just pure picks, futures, pick only, futures yeah. and like guys that are not on the team, I don't know that the five million is quite enough to get
2: probably covers one of them
3: yeah it's like it, it, it's like if you wanted to give all if you wanted to give taves and his next deal Ranton in his next deal and environment and new hook long-term deals then gerard's five million absolutely doesn't even come close yeah to covering it and you're you're almost guaranteed to lose the gerard deal simply yeah. because you're trying to free up that money
0: So I want to touch back on the contract thing because this comment that just came through, I'm going to put it up here. Someone mentioned it last night and and really it's uh, now that it's been confirmed, the cap is going up. It'll be less surprising to see more of these younger guys do these bridge deals. And again, that's what someone was saying last night. Like, Oh, well, you know, they'll, they'll get more money in in the future. The reason we've seen guys go away from this type of structure in the last few years is because like, that's a big bet on yourself. And, and the players like the longer term deals because it's a security. I'm paid this for the next however long I know I've got this contract. Yeah, you may see people start doing that, but I think you'll see what was happening to guys like crazy a few years ago, regardless where the cap is. Yeah, you, you peak, you have a chance to make some money. You take the shorter term deal saying, oh, I'm really going to cash in in a few years with this cap going up. And then your performance either plateaus, it dips, you get injured, uh, you know, things just don't go your way. And suddenly you look up and, you know, you're signing a, a PTO just to try to stay in the league. And you had an eight-year deal on the table. And now, again, I'm not saying that was Jason Robertson's situation, but I, I just, I, I don't think you're going to keep seeing this happening. And honestly, you know, with him doing this as a four-year deal, it's, it's a huge risk for him. That's why I think with New Byram, or Byram, I, I mean, just to reiterate what we've already said, I think you're looking either six to seven years or you're looking two years. Yep. And, and just, these bridge deals,
2: there's too much risk. It, it's more about fringe players, but how many times on this show have we talked about how important security is to some of these guys with yep. their contracts? And it, this generation of hockey players, more than anyone, is aware of extraneous factors. The salary cap's gone up $1 million over the last three years because of something entirely out of control of everybody. Yeah. So even even the promises of, hey, the salary cap's going up, don't worry about it, are not a sure thing.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, we hit another two-month COVID pause this fall or some shit. Yep. And see ya. See you to that, that going up.
3: Yeah, I think this comment is actually backwards, talking about the CBA, um, saying that guys are guys who are petting RFAs closer to the expiration of the CBA uh, are more inclined to sign shorter deals so they don't extend beyond into a CBA they don't know. I think it's actually backwards. Uh, I think guys want to have deals that cover that year so that they know that they have... Security there? Yeah, some kind of job that year they want to that uh, especially uh i think you'll see signing bonuses yep uh for that year so that july 1st that year those guys get paid that money and if they don't have a paycheck that year they at least got x million dollars on whatever date you know on, on july 1st of that year so uh only enough <laughs> kind of the
2: one section <laughs> in the mckinnon contract was the lack of a signing bonus that year yeah it, it was a smaller
3: one yeah it was because it, there still is one but instead of it being like only 10 million dollars or whatever <laughs> yeah it's like three million that's the only year where the majority of his salary is actually salary yeah um this comment asking will comfort be the victim in all this you guys need to accept that jt is probably gone no matter yeah. what
2: that- it's gonna be real tough for the avs to bring him
0: back. at the end. Yeah, probably they like just, his election. He, like he'll he'll get way more somewhere else.
3: Yeah, some. I mean, if he has the kind of year that he has had in his entire career, let's put him at seventeen goals and thirty four points. Okay, just right down the middle, right in right in the area uh, of what he, of what he has been in his career, a, a seventeen thirty four kind of season. His versatility and all that. There will be a team out there, you know. There will be a an, an Ottawa type. That's like we really want to take this jump. We really want to, you know D- Detroit would be another really good example of a they team just, that just really needs where they've got their top guys. they're they're like, we love our top guys. We're, we could score points with our top six. that's we're good there. We really need to strengthen that middle of the lineup, which has been full of not really anybody good the last couple of years and somebody will give that guy. There's a reason... Four, four and a half million dollars. Every
2: third-line, borderline, middle six player becomes a journeyman in this league. Okay, there's a reason for it because someone's always willing to give them that opportunity. Someone's right. always willing to give them that extra 500 k whatever it is. Um, Megan, I, I did want to get your thoughts on, on the situation here on the Avs. I'll, I'll leave it open to you where you want to go with it.
1: Um, Like with respect to... Conference. just the
2: f- future contracts in general where where you think they're going with whether it be Newhook and Byron short term long term is Taves gone is Gerard gone where where do you think it's headed
1: i see bridge deals for both in the foreseeable future for byron and newhook um just with respect to the cap and honestly depending on the seasons that they each have to individually they might see the benefit in doing something like that Um, We talked about long-term contracts on the pod the other day, too, and I think the organization would be inclined to want to offer a long-term contract, but I think the players would be inclined to do something that's a little bit shorter in terms of term. Um, So maybe there's some in-between, and maybe they love it here, and and we do see a longer-term contract happen, but I I think, too, just like the future of people like Taves, Comfer, is definitely a little bit up in the air, and it's going to be dependent on the future too like some people mentioned allows in, in the comments and i think that's going to be an interesting thing to also pay attention to the year that he has with the eagles it's premature i want to really tamper expectation that allows belongs in this conversation in the next one to two years i'm looking a little bit two to three but even still it's kind of interesting to consider all of those things it's,
3: it's well, well if you lose really good good jt company. comfort yeah exactly you have to replace him you have to replace jt comfort with somebody uh, and you don't get anywhere if you sign another JT contract. for you three go and on, you million spend three and a half million <laughs> yeah. dollars on a guy. Yep. You don't really move. You don't move forward. You're just you've just changed his nameplate at that <laughs> spot. So and well, and and another guy that's part of the Ben Myers is, ELC expires this year. If Ben Myers has a thirty point year, you know again, like a, we're talking a short contract here, one or two years, but it won't be a million dollars. Like they've got Ben Myers on a mill this year. They, if Ben Myers has the kind of year that we think he's capable of, he will not cost a million dollars next year. Uh, and, and it's like, okay, you're going to lose JT conference. You need to replace him with somebody. You'd love for that to be Sam rant or Oscar Olson or, you know, one of, one of these, just pick a prospect. Like, honestly, I, I don't yep. want to go through the whole list, pick your favorite, pick, pick whichever prospect is finally going to go up and, and get that job. But like, you have to fill those roles. And the, the reason we hammer away at the, Oh, giving the young guys stuff here is because those guys are cheap. Those guys are on ELCs. Those guys are on million dollar deals. They're on 800 K deals. Like, those guys are cheap. And when you venture into free agency, you know, look at Darren Helm and Andrew Cogliano. 1.25 for those guys. Right. It's not a lot. It's, it's not a lot of money, but you're combined probably getting 30 points out of those two guys this year.
2: Well, and for you,
3: 2. When all 5 of a sudden million. you're
2: paying three, four dudes a little bit too much.
3: Yeah. I mean, if you, if you look at... I, I made the argument, uh, and people are still mad about it, but whatever, that each guy got two point, got 250K more than they really should have. Yep. And that's like a free agency bump, right? Like, that's just part of free agency is that you, sometimes you do give that little bit of extra. If you get some RFAs, if you get some guys, uh, if you get some of these guys that actually step up and take some of these jobs, you do get efficient surplus value out of it. They're not going to, they're very likely not going to get surplus value out of Helman Cogliano deals this year. Life. Yep. Like when you consider regular season and all things considered, they're probably not if they do excellent. But if they don't, you know, and they're not, I don't think they're likely to. Okay. You're, you're losing, you're losing value there on bottom barrel contracts. You have they have to get a little bit. They have to get that surplus value somewhere, because that's how you stay competitive. Is that you have guys who outperform their deals. Your your elite guys are great. You expect those guys to be at the at the tip top. You know now you've you you now have the highest paid player in the NHL starting next season. You know you're going to get surplus value out of a guy like McCarr out of Taves. You're hoping Gerard. Blah 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 blah. But uh, going back to where this conversation started with with Newhook and. They're, they're very likely going to get surplus value out of Alex Newhook this year. But on his next deal next year, it gets harder because these guys want to get paid what they're worth. It gets harder. And so you need the young guys to really step up and actually step into roles while they are cheap. Because now the Avs are that top-heavy team. They're that team with a bunch of guys. You know, they have... Starting next year, they'll have a guy making 12 million and they'll have two guys making nine million. So they're, they're going to have to get value somewhere on their roster.
2: Megan, you look like you wanted to add something there.
1: You know, I wanted to add, I feel like to the answers for some of these questions, I think the decor is locked up and they'll have to answer these questions a little bit later in the future than the forward group and Sean Barron's. I just think that. I don't know what his ceiling is and I don't want to cap it anywhere. So I'm not projecting him to be like a top pairing in the NHL defenseman, but there's a lot of runway there for Sean Barons to be an important part in the abs future decor. And I just wanted to reintroduce because I'm going to the game tomorrow and they're doing the banner raising ceremony for the national champions. There
0: you
3: go. I mean, Sean Barons should really sign after this year. Um, he should really sign after a sophomore season.
2: The red carpet is rolled out on that Eagles defense for him, basically.
3: Well, and maybe not even that, but Eric Johnson's contract expires. And it's possible if if EJ decides to call it quits after this year, you know, whatever happens with Eric Johnson, uh, he's not getting, he's, he's not getting like a long-term deal or any of that um, again in Colorado. I think the easy thing is you look at the contracts over the next few years. Sean Barron's replacing Eric Johnson is the obvious one for one there with uh, maybe Barron's ending up being the replacement for Taves in two years. If we if it's gets, you know, if if they do want to give him a full year in the AHL first, which it's kind of been they've done both. Right. Like they were they gave the full year to Justin Barron. And Barron would have been a guy that would have pushed for the roster this year. Hallison would have been a guy that would have pushed for the roster this year had they not been involved in deadline deals. Um, so it's it, it'll be interest it'll be interesting to see where Sean Baron's fits into that. Just just don't treat him at the deadline. <laughs> Keep Sean Barron's. Yes, he is left handed. Speaking of
1: say anything about a trade. Sorry. Also, I think he's all but confirmed he's only staying on for the sophomore season, so I think we can expect to see him sign at yeah, the end I'm,
3: of the year. Bar, barring like a nightmare hellscape of a season or something like what Matt Steinberg went through where he just got hurt at the start of it, um, it would, it would not make a ton of sense for Barons to return for his junior year.
0: Speaking of former DU defenseman. Will Butcher was in the press box last night. A healthy scratch for the Dallas Stars.
1: Yeah.
2: Look.
3: Oh, how
0: the on.
2: that insanely unsustainable rookie year turns out was totally unsustainable. No Yeah,
3: way. like everybody, any, anybody that knew anything understood that he was not going to continue to score a power play point every single game. (laughs) And that was where he was at the start of his career, like the first like 30 or 40 games or whatever. He was scoring all the time. He was just rolling in secondary assists and power play points. And you're like, this is white noise. This is exactly what the numbers nerds call white noise. Like this, these are the things that they say are unsustainable, uh, and he either has to convert those into primary points, or you expect a major drop. And in Will Butcher's case, unfortunately, it was a major drop. Yep. Uh, okay, wrapping up the
2: show here. First year. <laughs> any uh, any final thoughts? Contracts, abs, otherwise. You good. Nope, nope,
3: nope. I, I'm I'm honestly like as much as I like the business side of stuff, I'm so excited to get to games.
2: Oh, tell me about so it. So we
3: can we can stop talking about contracts and stop getting into some of this and like like move forward. Was, we can actually we have hockey games to talk about. It,
2: it was a real blow to us today or last night when it's like, Yeah, the Avs aren't gonna practice Thursday or Friday, nor are they gonna cut anyone. It's like oh, okay. So we got two more shows to figure out. <laughs>
0: Yep, but
1: in the meantime, show. I'm just kidding. What was that? An eagle scrimmage show, but I'm, I'm kidding. F- We're not
3: Honestly, in. I'm down. I mean, if we had video of it, I'll we just, just
1: live stream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the whole thing.
3: Just just hop on. I guess Periscope doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah it's just Twitter sad. Live now. Yeah, hop on Twitter Live and. I would, I would watch it. I mean, what am I doing on Saturday?
2: Megan, Megan's cameraman skills to the test. Camera, yeah, so the Not <laughs> Okay. Anyway, uh, on that note, we also did just come out with our Pacific Division preview today. You can go Thanks. check that one out. Uh, pretty, pretty interesting one. I think the top most of us were comfortable with, but that third spot and down. Could be all over the place. in the Yeah,
3: I think L.A. was the team that had the greatest amount of variance, Mm -hmm. maybe across all of our divisions. Yeah. So
2: you can go check that out on YouTube. Be sure to like
3: this video and
2: subscribe. That helps us out a ton. Our Central Division preview drops tomorrow, and then after that we're getting into a bunch of ad-specific player previews. So be sure to keep it tuned in.
3: Sort of player
2: previews. It's more like groupings of players for sure, but still. Yeah. those are coming your way on youtube so lots of video content headed at you up to the start of the season for the abs uh for today we're gonna get out of here we appreciate all of y'all a ton and until the next one we will talk to you later